Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. This is going to be episode 60, and it's going to be part two of uh, St. Perpetual and Felicity, uh, early Christian martyrs. We're going to do the other half of the reading. And, um, well, um, the last one we read uh, about Perpetua and Felicity, um, we saw a, a church that was uh, under persecution, but also uh, Christians who were very deep into their faith. So um, before I go any further, we should uh, open up with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, and Mother of all Christians, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, Guardian of the Holy Family, Terror of Demons, pray for us. Saint Perpetua, pray for us. Saint Felicity, pray for us. All you early Christian martyrs, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, before we go further, I should read a passage from the book of Revelation. I'm going to read um, chapter 4, The Heavenly Worship. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. After this... I looked, and behold, in heaven, and a door opened, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne, and he who sat there appeared like Jasper, and cornelian and around the throne was a rainbow that looked like an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the throne were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns upon their heads from the throne issue flash flashes of lightning and a voice peals of thunder and before the throne burn seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there is, as it were, sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in the front and behind. And the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature, like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around, within 
and day and night they never cease to sing holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was is and is to come and whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever they cast their crowns before the throne singing worthy are you our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created the word of the lord praise be to you lord jesus christ amen so last episode uh part one uh which was episode 58 um we did the um we started reading the writing, the uh, Passion of Saint Perpetua and Felicity. The book, part of it was written mainly as the first person, the Diary of Perpetua. And she also, uh, part of it is also um, testimonies of other people who were imprisoned with her. She's a, no, a noble Roman girl, wo woman, married we don't know anything about her husband if he was a christian she became a mother just gave birth to a child her son and she um, joined the christian community she lived in um but now was parts of libya and algeria tunisia it was part of the roman empire and it was um around the year 203 a.d she was arrested there was a order uh, by the Roman emperor uh, that Christians, any, there'll be no more, no more new converts to Judaism or Christianity. Uh, and then they were arrested. This was probably a local arrest, maybe, but still, it was a decree that came out from uh, the Roman emperor. So th she was imprisoned and in horrible conditions. We we got that part. Her father's trying to convince her to abandon the Christian faith or just say uh, the prayer to the emperor and give a dash of a little incense, and then that's it. Whether one believes it or not doesn't make a difference back then. As long as you do it, you show allegiance to the empire. Everyone had to do it. Back then, it turns out that Christians were seen odd because they didn't take part in the usual Roman life. Um, like you could, women would sometimes attend funerals and take part in the funerals. Romans would go into the gladiator, um, uh, amphitheater to watch the bloody battles and deaths. They celebrated death and took part in the usual cults. Now, believing in Jesus Christ or the Jewish God, however the Romans saw it, was no big deal. But you can count your God among the many gods of Rome because the Romans believed in any god. They were very open to other people's gods. The Jews were odd to them. The Christians were odd to them because they refused to believe in the gods of Rome, which were also the gods of Greece and the gods of Egypt. The Romans thought there's room in the world for many gods. And, of course, the ultimate god for Rome is Rome, the Roman Empire, the Roman governor. 
They believed the Roman governor was a demigod, blessed, and he had an aura, and he had a spirit god, which everybody, the Romans believed everybody had a, a spirit god with them when you come into the world, and it's with you to the day you die. It's a strange, very superstitious culture, the Romans. Maybe not much different than the fact of our secular society, because um, the secular world of the Romans, their gods were very political. Caesar is a political office and a political god. And the cult of the emperor is very much like the cult of political leaders, people and the cult of athletes and the cult of actors and even our mythological cult of the comic books. They are in uh, comic book super superheroes. They are our... Um, cults whether we like it or not we have human beings are very religious people we people have cults of of, of uh, the music industry it's all there so um let's go back and let's start reading um the rest of the story so now this is chapter four i'll read the prologue satoris in a vision, and Perpetua being carried by angels into the great light before the martyrs, being brought to the throne of God, are received with a kiss. They reconcile with Apotatus, the bishop, and Aspiasus, the presbyter. Okay, let's start. Moreover, also the blessed Satoris related th this his vision, which he himself committed to writing. We had suffered, says he, and we were gone forth from the flesh, and we were beginning to be carried by four angels into the east, and their hands touched us not, and we floated, looking upwards, but as if ascending a gentle slope and being set free, we at length saw the first boundless light, and I said, Perpetua, for she was at my side. This is what the Lord promised us. We have received the promise, and while we were born by those same four angels, there appears to us a vast space which was like a pleasure garden, having rose trees and every kind of flower. And the height of the trees was after the measure of cypresses, and their leaves were falling without stopping. Moreover, there in the pleasure garden four other angels appeared, brighter than the previous ones, who, when they saw us, gave us honor and said to the rest of the angels, Here they are, here they are, with admiration. And those four angels who bore us, being greatly afraid, put us down, and we passed over on foot the space of a furlong on the broad path there we found jacontus and saturanus and arteras who having suffered the same persecution and were burned alive and quintus who also himself a martyr had departed in the prison and we asked of them where the rest were and the angel said to us come first enter and greet your lord and we came near to a place the walls of which were such as if they were built of light, 
and before the gate of that place stood four angels who clothed those who entered with white robes. And being clothed, we entered and saw the boundless light and heard the united voice of some who said without ceasing, Holy, holy, holy. And in the midst of that place, we saw as it were a, a, a hoary, very old man sitting having snow-white hair with youthful countenance, and his feet we saw not. And on his right hand and on his left were four and twenty elders, and be behind them a great many others were standing. We entered with great wonder and stood before the throne, and the four angels raised us up, and we kissed him. And he passed his hands over our face. And the rest of the elders said to us, Let us stand. And we stood and made peace. And the elders said to us, And enjoy. And I said, Perpetua, you have what you wish. And she said to me, Thanks be to God, that, joy, that joyous as I was in the flesh, I am now more joyous here. And we went forth and saw before the entrance our potatoes, and the bishop at the right hand, and Asperasius, and the presbyter, a teacher, and at the left hand, separate and sad, and they cast themselves at our feet and said to us, Restore peace between us, because you have gone forth and have left us thus. And we said to them, Art thou not our father, and thou our presbyter, that you should cast yourselves at our feet? And we prostrated ourselves, and we embraced them. And Perpetual began to speak with them, and we drew them apart in the pleasure garden and unto a rose tree while we were speaking. And with them the angels said unto them, Let them alone, that they may refresh themselves. And if you have any dis uh, differences between you, forgive one another. And they drove them away, and they said to Apotatus, Rebuke thy people, because they assembled to you as if returning from the, from the circus and contending about fictitious matters. And then it seemed to us as if they would shut the doors. And in that place we began to rec recognize many brethren and over, moreover many martyrs. We were all nourished with an indescribable odor which satisfied us. Then I joyously awoke. I'll stop here for a minute. So now we're in chapter five. Um, I'll give you a little background to this. They are near, they're now in prison and Felicity is about to give birth to her child. Uh, Romans don't like to execute pregnant women out of superstition. And uh, another thing is they are, are given um, one last meal. It's called a free meal. The, I guess our society must have gotten it from the Romans before you execute somebody. They get a meal. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <clears throat> and then they're uh, put on display. People come into the prison to look at them uh, and to mock them and laugh at them before the day of the execution in the amphitheater. So let's begin. I'll read the prologue to the book. Secundulus dies in the prison. Felicity is pregnant, but with many prayers, she brings forth in the eighth month of her pregnancy, she has a little girl, without suffering. 
the courage of Perpetua and of Sagittarius is unbroken. So now we are in chapter 5. Let's begin. Secundulus dies in the prison. Felicity is pregnant, but with many prayers she brings forth in the eighth month a little girl without suffering. The courage of Perpetua and of Satoris is unbroken. The above were the more eminent visions of the blessed martyrs, Satoris and Perpetua themselves, which they themselves committed to writing. But God calls Secundulus, while he has yet in the prison, by an earlier exit from the world, not without favor, so as to give respite to the beasts. Nevertheless, even if his soul did not acknowledge cause for thankfulness, assuredly his flesh did. But respecting felicity, for to her also the Lord's favor approached in the same way, when she had already gone eight months with child, for she had been pregnant when she was apprehended, as the day of the exhibition was drawing near, she was in great grief, lest on account of her pregnancy she should be delayed, because pregnant women are not allowed to be publicly punished under the law, and lest she should shed her sacred and guiltless blood among some who have been wicked. Moreover, also, her fellow martyrs were painfully saddened, lest they should have, should leave so excellent a friend, and as it were companion, alone in the path of the same hope. Therefore, joining together their united cry, they poured forth their prayers to the Lord. Three days before the exhibition, immediately after their prayers, Felicity's pains came upon her, and when with difficulty natural to an eighth-month delivery in the labor of bringing forth, she was sorrowing. Some one of the servants of the garrison guards said to her, You who are in such suffering now, what will you do when you are thrown to the beasts, which you despise when you refuse to offer sacrifice to the gods and to Caesar? And she replied, now it is I that suffer what I suffer, but then there will be another one in me who will suffer for me because I also am about to suffer for him, referring to Jesus Christ. Thus she brought forth a little girl, which in a certain sister took the child and brought her up. Since then the Holy Spirit permitted and by permitting wills that the proceedings of the exhibition should be committed to writing, although we are unworthy to complete the description of so great a glory, yet we obey, as it were, the command of the most blessed Perpetua, to her hand the sacred trust, and add one more testimony concerning the events. While they were treated with with great severity by the tribune, because from the imitations of certain deceitful men, he feared lest they should be withdrawn from the prison by some sort of Christian, Christian magic or incantation. Perpetua answered to his face and said, Why do you not at least permit us to be refreshed, being as we are so objectionable 
to the most noble Caesar and having to fight on his birthday? Or is it not your glory if we are brought forward fatter on the, on the occasion? The tribune shuddered and blushed and commanded that they should be kept with more humanity so that the permission was given to their brethren and others to go in and be refreshed with them even the keeper of the prison trusting them now himself moreover on the day before when in the last meal which is called the free meal in prison they were partaking as far as they could not of a free supper but of an agape that is a love feast with the same firmness that they were uttering such words as these to the people, denouncing against them the judgment of the Lord, bearing witness to uh, the happiness of their passion, laughing at their curiosity of the people who came together, while Satora said, Tomorrow is not enough for you, for you to behold with pleasure that which you hate, friends today, enemies tomorrow, Yet note our faces diligently, that you may recognize them on that day of judgment. Thus all departed thence, astonished, and from these things many believed. A little note, the public can pay the prison warden to get a good look of the people who are about to be executed. People came and paid to see the Christians behind bars and to look at them so that they would remember them during the day when they're going to die, which is the next following day, either by gladiators or by wild beasts, which Christians were uh, subject to. So that's the end of chapter 5. All right, we're going to stop here. Um, and I'll say a little note. Uh, yeah, the Christians uh, back then were considered odd because they didn't partic participate in the violence of the Romans or in the superstitions of the Romans. Uh, people, Romans were very suspicious of secret meetings. They thought that it was going to be a plot. And the fact that these Christians uh, didn't go to the temple, uh, they didn't go to participate in what other Romans did in daily life, didn't go to the... Uh, bloody games, uh, didn't participate in superstitious worship, didn't worship the gods, didn't participate in a lot of things. And um, these, are, these are the things that I guess Romans were bothered by, but also because the fact that the Christians did not worship the gods and did not worship Caesar. So they honestly uh, were very, very troubled by that because to them, all gods are welcomed. The whole world was uh, open. The Roman Empire was open to many gods. But Jews and Christians, of course, did not see it that way. And this new cult that sprung from Judea, sprung from the same land of the Jews, which did not recognize their, uh, their way of worship. Also, since Christians used to call each other brothers and sisters, it's very interesting that um, a lot of Protestant groups, very strong uh, charismatic groups, uh, use that term with each other, brother and sister. Even a husband and wife might call her husband, uh, call each other brother and sister, as 
in a sense of uh, part of the same faith, part of the same household of God. So the early Christians were quite charismatic, and one could almost say almost Pentecostal. And you see that how they believe very strongly that God communicates to them in their dreams and God answers their prayer. Um, I think it's kind of sad that today's uh, Catholic community is not like that. There are Pentecostal Catholics, but um, it's kind of sad. But let's end it here and I'll come back to you again. We'll, be, we'll do part three. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. God bless and see you soon.